0: Hello and welcome to Process Transformers, the podcast that talks about business transformation at the intersection of processes and AI. For those of you who have listened before, welcome back. And if you're new to the show, thanks for tuning in. My name is Lucas Eger, and I'm the head of innovation at SAP Signalio. I'll be your host for today's episode titled Behind the Buzzwords: True Stories of Process Transformation. It's my honor to introduce today's guest, Sebastian Westphal, Head of Digitalization, Processes and Systems Finance at Deutsche Bahn. Sebastian, you are arguably one of the people with the most hands-on real-life experience regarding process transformation. My first question is, everybody wants to be good at transforming or improving their processes. Why is it such a struggle? Why is it so hard?
1: Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, thanks for the advanced praise about my experience. I think the general issue is that, you know, everything around process management or running processes in enterprises is more or less historically grown. So, and usually grown silo by silo or department or by department. So what we try to achieve is we want to bring process management, the IT systems, the architecture, at least the responsibility for operating the processes um, together. And uh, so and including business IT and let's say the classic hardcore techies. So I think that's the major challenge today. And uh, especially when we're looking back, process management was a bit like, you know, for the theoretical guys, a bit in the ivory tower, So you know, drawing all the, di- the diagrams. But the supreme discipline is bringing together all of it. So processes, systems, data, and the organization. And I think that's more or less the reason why so many in the companies struggle when they really want to go through a process transformation. I have a
0: direct follow-up questions because I think everybody gets up in the morning and wants to do the right thing, right? Nobody wants to look back and think like, "Ah, I like th- that was a terrible decision." Do you think that our world changed and that's the reason why now we don't want to have silos silos, and need to bring everything together? Or do you think there used to be a case being made of having everything in silos? So, because you said that's one of the big problems that we now want to, that we need to overcome. And I'm curious was that always a bad idea? Or was that initially a good idea to work in business processes in silos?
1: So, first of all, I think not everybody gets up in the morning and wants to take risks. So, in general, I would say that it's very helpful that an organization provides clarity, responsibilities, job descriptions, um, operating goals, and that's what the current, let's say, not 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 silos, but the classic organization provides. So, it's not you know totally fluent and open. It's clear, and you're able to manage the whole endeavor that an enterprise goes through. So I think many people are quite happy and it's easy to follow some routines and work following clear goals and tasks. But when we're talking about transformation, um, it's not just about you know following tasks. It, it means usually rethinking your daily business. And we like routines, especially when you just check your family or when you're out with your friends. It's not always exciting and brand new sometimes it's quite nice to have some, some of these routines. And I think if you really want to push an organization forward, um, you need a lot of people that are curious, but you need even people that take risks because you're you're opening up a new path for, for the company or for the department or maybe just for, for some single processes. And so people want not just take the risk, they want to understand it, they want to be maybe convinced, but they want to have a clear way forward. And sometimes this does not fit to the individual goals in between in, in an organization, whether it's you know the, the classic annual goal or performance measurement process, or maybe if it's just how to organize your daily work. So I think you need a good mixture. That's my most beloved example. A company only with Sebastian's would not work, because you need all these different kinds of people. But if you if you, your your let's say culture is more or less Uh, conserving your business or keeping your business free of risks, then it's even harder to move forward or transform your business compared to, let's say, maybe that's a cliche, but if it's a bit more like startup like, and you have a lot of changes already in your business. So I wouldn't say there is a, a blueprint or a pattern that you can follow. I would say you need, you need all of it because in the end, if you've changed everything, you still need an organization that wants to keep these processes and to run these processes. And usually, these different types of people do not fit together um, perfectly. So they need each other, but sometimes it's better to have the, uh, let's say, changers in the beginning and then people take over that are really good in you know, executing it.
0: I want to understand, in your experience from real life examples, what is the balance of, let's say, changers who, want to change because they're excited about improvements, doing things better. And the camp that wants to keep steady and maybe is more willing to change because of a direct threat, right? Because mostly when people change, they're either reacting to a threat to the business or because they're deeply convinced that it can be done uh, in a better way. So aspirational or as a defensive way. So how do you see the balance between the offensive part the people who want to push and the ones who want to conserve? And who do you think we should support more? Like if we're going out today to the businesses and and, and help, and I don't want to say like one camp or the
1: other, but uh, who needs more support these days? I think both sides need the support because it's not just about, you know, changers, it's about content that you need to deliver. So you have many people out there, you know, Currently, we have these nice Gen AI hype. So we've had uh, RPA before and process orientation and, you know, all the insourcing stuff. So I think it's really hard to really find changes that have all the content they need with them. So you have many, you know, people that are acting like sales guys. So they, they try to initiate it. They try, let's say, to start it, by, but in the end, they have no clue how it could work um and i think that's the the major gap between let's say the the uh, the executors so they do not understand how the future picture will look like how the future process will look like and what's going to improve and how it's going to how, how this could happen uh and usually they don't get the uh, information or the clarity that they would hope to get from from let's say the the the, the changers or the people from outside that come in and try to share best practices and their experiences. So I think you need maybe just just five or ten percent of people that really are pushing the chains, but there must be a lot of substance in it. So less passwords, less, you know, beautiful PowerPoint slides, but really mm. experience. And that means that you need to be able to dive into some of the details. And I think that's the the major point to separate Real transformation managers, from you know uh, the not so beloved change managers that are just talking about the change, but in the end don't have the recipe and let's say the content they need to provide to to bring a, or to push a company forward. And that's usually, especially a problem when you come into regulated industries because there it's not about you know talking about it; it's about hard facts. And if you can't deal with the hard facts and how to let's say improve your processes around these regulation. That's, my, that's the first step for a transformation program to struggle, or maybe in the end fail totally. That's super insightful.
0: And I want to deep dive a little bit more because you have experienced and, and helped transformations for a better part of two decades. So what are the strategies that are winning? You already gave some ideas about having the people who actually want to drive real transformation, have the knowledge, are empowered, and so forth. But maybe we phrase it differently. What are the things that
1: normally go wrong uh, in your experience? So first of all, I think it's not just an immediate issue when you start thinking about transformation. It starts earlier. So for my experience in recent years, the, the management levels have forgotten how to Spare time to deal with, you know, vision, strategies, ideas, new technologies. Usually they are packed with daily work and they just try to keep the business stable and up and running. Can you elaborate on that? I'm really curious because it feels like
0: today more people talk about innovation, transformation, and there is like, especially now with AI, it seems like this part is more prevalent and bigger than it was ever before. And I want to hear more about why you were saying people have less time to do actual transformations and feel the heat of the tyranny of the urchin, as we called it sometimes. Huh?
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right, and I think that's one of the oh, that is one of the major points where where transformations yeah start to struggle because the people in the organization they learned if there is this special sense of urgency they just lean back they wait this kind of urgency passing and then they return back to work so i'm not a big fan of this yeah let's say high focused sense of urgency we've seen many of them and and the, the the topic of transformation that's not just one uh, the topic of the past one or two years that we started at 15 20 years ago depends on on your age maybe how many of these transformation approaches you already experienced and usually every big let's say technical improvement pushes another wave of this urgency and when we talk about gen ai i'm absolutely excited about the possibilities that this new technology or these new providers will be able to provide for the companies but on the other hand we're just at the beginning so what companies need is some kind of you know standards stability products that really work and not in an mvp status and usually that's um that's hit by the let's say sales oriented drive it's something new the vendors can provide new solutions and it sounds fancy and and you know modern and 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 really changing so uh, I think you're absolutely right that GenAI is one of the big game changers. It could be. But when you look into the details, even the software providers themselves are struggling how to manage the complexity, how to provide accurate results, especially when we're talking you know, about ERP and finance. It's not about 90%-ish close to the target. In many cases, you need 100% certainty. Um, when you're talking about organizations, that they, they are, that they have no recipes. How is that changing my organization? We we are struggling to find the right people for our jobs already. But how can AI support it? Which jobs will be obsolete? How will jobs change? How can we at least train our people? to adopt this technology. So it's it's causing more questions for the organization than just you know painting a bright sky and a beautiful sunset. And I think that's the current state where we are. Everybody's excited, everyone wants to use the technology, but in the end, nobody has a clue how it could work. And uh, so there we are again at the beginning of a transformation journey. If the target picture is that unclear, the company struggled to follow this or to, to at least start this endeavor. Or to follow a new transformation approach?
0: So I hear that it's easy to fall victim to hypes. And we had many hypes before. Yes. And <laughs> you're I hear between the lines that one of the most important things a company can provide is a clear target picture with real examples, working with the technology, not just some ideas on you know and concepts. What are the the other things you would say are most critical? Why Why was it so hard to adopt other changes like the move to mobile devices or the cloud or IoT? What could have helped and what are the things we should learn? What What be the three things you would tell the people out there like, do this first so it will work out? Is it the narrative? Is it getting quickly, hands-on with the technology? What are the three tangible things you you,
1: you promote first? Ooh, that's a tough one. And if I've got that right, maybe I will be able to identify the next big hype and, and make a fortune. So when I just recap, we're talking, for instance, about you know mobile usage or, or smartphones. I think the easier it is to adapt a new approach or new technology, the faster it is, the easier it is to implement it into, let's say, corporate processes. Because in the end, um, when we talk about data protection, for instance, nobody cares about data protection using a smartphone in private life. So, has anybody ever read all the stuff that, you know, all the apps are providing that you need to accept before you can use the app? Nobody does. Maybe just a few of us. We just use it. That's not the way, David, you'd like our organizations to deal with data privacy and data protection. So, I think that the first step is need to reach a critical level of adoption and ideally, if possible for every individual because you know a hype that is more on a general level is is hard to grab and hard to understand And I think the the, the better the, the uh, let's say experience for an individual is, the easier it is for him to let's say develop a vision, how this technology could be adopted in corporate processes. And that covers a bit of the fear that we've mentioned earlier in, in, in our talk. If I feel safe or I feel comfortable in my, let's say, individual use case, that always affects my, my position and my thinking, how I could adopt these kind of technologies. I think the second is always, you mentioned sense of urgency, and I think sense of, sense of urgency not in terms of okay there's a hype and i need to jump on it and i need to follow it but an internal sense of urgency and you know that's that's not you know quite new that's old stuff that's already part of many theoretical developments 30 40 years ago so i think the more use cases or the more urgent problems a technology is able to solve that companies are facing the faster adoption will be so that would be number two. And number three is maybe, and that's a, a very thin line between make it easy and, and, and sales pitch. Um, I think a new use case or new technology should be explainable in a few sentences so that everybody understands what it's for, what it's about, and how it could be used. Um, If you're talking about, you know, sales pitches and all the stuff regarding, for instance, the Gen AI hype, it's the, uh, it's a overwhelming miracle of this technology is going to solve every problem you have on a C-level, but on a detailed operational level, it still causes more questions than it answers. Um, So I think that's a third bit. Uh, A good idea is that simple that you can, you know, explain it. In a few words i think might be three major ingredients to really get it implemented
0: i love the parts of using it yourself understanding the importance and cutting through the hype in terms of who should lead the charge do you think there should be somebody like a chief process transformation officer who pushes for exactly that agenda or do you think any type of process transformation or change should be decentralized what is your experience in what are maybe the pros and cons or what works or what are the failure cases for you know um, having agency in the in the organization
1: i think first of all it depends on the industry for instance when you're talking about public sector that's very hierarchical organization so they they want to clear mandate, and that's part of their DNA. So they are not questioning whether they need a CTO for transformation. Yes, of course they do, because that's the part how they deal with, with every problem. Um, I would see it differently. I think if you're announcing a CTO, first of all, there's a risk of creating another silo. And if it's allocated on C-level, it's another ego that wants to shine. And I think that could be a risk because what is a transformation officer doing? He's telling his colleagues in IT, in finance, in HR, how how they need to change their processes, how to run their business, maybe to change the organization. And usually, if you're on this top management level, that's not the most beloved experience that your colleague tells you how to manage or how to do your job. So from my experience, what you need is a tight, excellent program management but not a separate organizational structure. Because if you're able to, let's say, orchestrate or to conduct all single initiatives properly, then it's not a problem to bring the change and to bring the transformation forward. And usually that helps because in the end, it's not central instance that leads the different departments of the company to change. Um, but in the end, it's a bit more... Um, yeah, self-determined, so that that the experts and and the guys that are running the business usually for for years or decades are involved and not uh, can, cannot lean back and just you know wait what the CTO and his organization will decide. So, from my side, a clear statement against the CTO and a separate organization because you want to 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 you know engage the whole body of the organization and not just part of it.
0: I think that's super valuable, albeit maybe a bit counterintuitive, right? Because we think transformation is the most important thing. Uh, Companies are failing at a faster rate than ever before. So I think the first jump that a lot of organizations might intuitively make is, okay, we need somebody who owns it. But um, that's why I like your answer so much. But I, I think we have to go a bit deeper with that question because, okay, so, we have SWAT teams. We have people with the knowledge, with the experience, work on the ground, not top down. Um, what would be in order to make them successful? What should be their mission? Should it be let's improve efficiency, let's be more innovative, uh, we need to tackle sustainability? Like, what could be the mission that empowers teams that work in the way you describe? That gives them the opportunity, the agency and the, the room to actually drive a meaningful transformation. And maybe there you, we can also talk about what you see is happening and what you wish would be happening. I, I think both aspects will be incredibly interesting.
1: Uh, so it was innovation, uh, sustainability, and what was the last? Efficiency. Okay. Or whatever,
0: like it was just the examples, right? Whatever else, you hear people are doing successfully or maybe unsuccessfully to drive transformation through a corporation if there's not like one like central
1: like C-level sponsorship. So first of all, I think what you need, whether it's innovation or transformation, is um, you need to create a room where this can happen. And this affects all, let's say, resources people, money, technology um, because usually these resources are already used for the pure business operations. So when you when you look into companies that really need to transform because and that's that's the let's say classic case, they've been running their infrastructure, their processes, their systems for one two decades and didn't change a lot um usually they are, using all their resources to keep the business up and running. So the run budget is 100%, the change budget is quite low, and transformation, well, what what else should be available for transformation? So there are different ways of, let's say, providing this room. It can be an additional budget. You can start with efficiencies to, 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 to create the room within your organization that you try, and, and I've seen some of the examples that you try to get rid of Stuff you don't need anymore, which is not affecting your core business, which helps you to free resources and especially the people in the organization to as they start this transformation journey. Um sometimes, and we had this urgency aspect as well, sometimes you're forced to transform. When you think about, you know, the energy business in Germany, it has changed. I guess three times in the past eight years, from Fukushima to now Russia, Ukraine, and all the effects. So they were forced to change. This can help. It's not the ideal world, I know, but sometimes these massive um, external changes or that you're forced to run your business in a more sustainable way, this can be helpful as well. But usually the more complex and theoretical uh, goal is it's not very good for motivating the organization to change so my experience is free resources from the from the classic organization bring them into whatever program structures and let them try to build their transformation journey that in the end pays onto the overall transformation goals for the whole company but i think if you don't free your internal resources it's not going to work and of course, you can bring in external ones to help you to understand new technologies, especially when we talk about best practices. Usually if you're not in the finance industry, for instance, classic accounting processes will not be that innovative. It's more about how can we use innovative technologies to improve these kind of processes, but you won't, let's say, change your whole process structure and your whole working mode in, in accounting, for instance. So I think that's the core initial let's say, starting point or tipping point that you need to reach to really get some kind of energy and movement into the organization. That makes perfect sense. The question that comes
0: up for me immediately is that when you tell someone, hey, let's give 10, 20% more time to the people that probably are some of the most knowledgeable and most in demand people right now, (laughs) um, management will get anxious. They're like, oh, what are they doing with 20%. Twenty percent, and and also I don't know what what really comes out at the end of let's say we try to adopt some new technology, whether it's Gen AI or, or something else. It sounds like exactly the opposite of what people in, often want to do. So I guess my question is, what can management do in order to make that successful? Like um, trust, give it like a very tight project, timeline, what are the things that that make that successful? What you said, like carving out resources and empowering people.
1: What has worked for you,
0: I guess? That's my question.
1: (laughs) So you're already providing the answer for me. So first of all, I think it's all about seriousness. Um, So the people have a very uh, good, you know, they have a gut feeling whether management is in it or not. And of course it's about, you know, you know, the story when I'm looking for instance, in our current situation. So we are already struggling, uh, to get skilled experts, workers on board. So we know if we want to keep our business at least stable, um, we won't be able to get the people on board in the, in the upcoming years. So that's what the management addresses. We need to transform. We need to change. And and we need to, you know, automate and digitize because if we don't, we won't be able to run. And it's a large business in Germany to run our business in any kind of stability mode that we want to achieve. And that's what the people understand. So if you come up with the idea, okay, we want to transform, and by the way, we're going to cut thirty percent of the people, and we're going to save, I don't know, we're going what kind of what amount of money, and we're going to improve our uh, EBIT ratio by how many percentage. Points nobody is going to follow. So for them, it's important to understand why does the management ask to change? Why are they initiating this kind of transformation? And uh, if it's just you know for the for the share price on the stock market, they won't follow. So what they want is a serious um, story, and they want to, the top management to stick to it. The people are recognizing if anyone at the C level sneaks out. And I think that's, that's the core, <laughs> that's what it needs. So do the people believe in you? They don't believe in you because the concept is that nice. They believe in you because they see you acting according to the transformation story that you're telling. So I've had this experience starting a, a company-wide transformation program and first big meeting for the management teams yep, we're going to transform, we're going to, you know, rebuild all processes. The whole IT architecture will be wiped out and replaced by new platforms and technologies. And by the way, the business case is only positive because we're going to fire 30% of our employees. So you can imagine how long it took to rebuild this trust that the people, and especially the senior experts that we needed to make this transformation a, a success, started to believe again in this approach and understood that in the end, it's not about getting rid of 30% because with a continuous growth story behind it, um, it was able to reduce it to 10 to 15%. But in the end, the story was a nightmare for us in the transformation team because the transformation was dead for half a year. And on the other hand, I've seen different approaches. when We're talking about yeah, we want to become you know more agile. That's 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 the worst sentence I, I always hear. Yeah, if you become more agile, be quicker, you know, delivering services faster to the market and so on. And the danger is that agile is is that's a framework. That's a a working mode, and it's not just you know reducing time. So. Management wants to keep its behaviors and the way it, 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 it steers and controls the business and influences, by the way. And they, they just didn't understand that an agile organization works totally differently. So I think it's about seriousness. Do you understand the path before us? Do you tell the story? And do you stick to the story? So I would say that's what, what, what the management team should do and could do. Um, But that's not so easy sometimes because not everybody is in it from the beginning.
0: Very uplifting and very positive message. I hear that if you have conviction, if you're true to the conviction and you have a good narrative to support it, um, those are maybe the the key ingredients to make successful transformation work. So I want to, as a last question, I want to ask, what is such a story such a narrative that you are personally really excited about so if you had the power to kick off one transformation to do that like for one company for all companies
1: whatever it might be what would it be and why um so maybe first of all i think um what what i am always trying to achieve is i want to make not the processes but the uh, process experience better and that means that all these transformation efforts you know are are really a hard hard business it's about really improving the current situation and you know sometimes you're you're talking about change management and i don't like this this specific term of it because you know it quickly generates into a soft generic approach more you know self discovering something so first of all, I think it's about really improving stuff. And for me, when I'm looking into the ERP areas, usually I'm, I'm dealing with 20, 30-year-old um, ERP systems. The UI is all for, you know, designed in the 80s, delivered in the 90s. And when I'm done, I want to have a user experience for every employee that is close to the individual user experience on your smartphone. So modern AI and modern UI, self-explaining processes. So really keep it easy, so that you can work wherever you are. That you can make use of all you know digital technologies that are available on the market. So if you've been through this transformation, it's it's not just about you know improving a few processes. It's about improving the experience, um, and uh, it sometimes it takes two three, four years. To know to to go through this endeavor because we start maybe by a, on, a, on a current status that is you know close to the millennium, um, and we've seen two three evolutions in technology in the past twenty four years now, and if you've gone through it, it's a different company, it's a different working environment that we achieve, and that's what what I really want to go want to achieve because in the end it's not about you know some tiny little process changes. It's about really bringing the company to the current level of technical possibilities. Um, and if you're asking for a, for a specific process, I think that's an easy one. Recruitment processes. It's uh, it's awful everywhere. I, I, I haven't seen a big company or group or, or enterprise that is really providing uh, a a people candidate oriented fast transparent and and you know really goal oriented process usually it's it's a standardized ui it takes weeks or months before you sometimes get the response um and it's it's you know it's the first contact between a future employee and the company and i still don't understand why we are not able to provide individual Fast, appealing processes in your eyes for this process. So that would be for for nearly everyone, the the biggest area of improvement because that's the first the first, yeah, let's say starting point of of your your communication. Thank you so much. I think that's a
0: wonderful, uplifting message. Make experiences better and put people's experience at the center of your transformation. Thank you so much, Sebastian, for this wonderful conversation. And I really do hope that a lot of transformation will go exactly that way. And I believe it will go because of the insights you shared today. Thank you so much
1: for the time. Have a great day. Thank you, Lucas. And uh, yeah, good luck to all the guys out, uh, out there. It's on us to push the transformation forward. So thank you.
0: And with that, thanks for listening to another episode of Process Transformers. If you have any questions or comments, email us at process transformers at sap.com until next time for another transformative conversation